0: Episode eight. We've got some amazing questions from Reddit today, the show with the most qualified people discussing and answering the most interesting questions from Reddit. I'm Colton Wallace, joined by my podcast heroes, Queen of Podcasting, Lori Asava. Hey, hey. PhD, Dr. Jessica Izarian's. Hi. And the resident linguist, Josh Lieto. Hey, guys. Hey, Josh. How's it going over there? Pretty good. Um, my hair's still dyed. Turns out that stuff stays.
1: It's more blue than gray, though.
0: I like it. Damn. That's good. Yeah. Your hair's probably all dried out, too. No, my hair's strong.
1: (laughs) No, I've been trying to give him, like, protein treatments and deep conditioning and bond rebuilding treatments. So, it's integrity of the hair is good.
2: I finally found what my hair needs, and that is not to be shampooed and conditioned every single day.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: you are yeah. shampooing and conditioning your hair every single day.
2: I get into ruts sometimes, get into a habit, and you know, you just just feels right.
1: I mean, oh. it does feel good to shampoo and wash your hair. You know, like it feels good to do that. So. I like
0: three right. times a week max. I feel like
3: I wash my hair every day. And you really? I, sometimes twice a day.
0: You? How do you have the time for that?
3: I got strong hair as well. Okay. But also, <laughs> in the morning, I cannot do anything without taking a shower. Otherwise, I will be a zombie and not want to do anything. So yeah. I have yeah. to have a shower in the morning. And then if I go work out, I need to have a shower after that. And I have to wash okay. my hair.
0: Agreed. I guess I would take a shower after working out too, but I don't usually wash my hair. I mean, I guess I, I wash my hair, like I said, like three times a week maybe.
2: Yeah, no, I do, I do it like every other, every couple days now. You know, and I just I'll I'll wash my hair really well and everything, but just with water. Right.
0: That's some impressive dedication, Laurie. Like, I don't think I could do it every day if I tried.
2: I have
3: a lot of hair.
0: (laughs) I know you have a lot of like longer hair than I do, too. Even at my hair length, I'd be like, this is too much work. I can't I can't do this.
3: Otherwise, I am not a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a weirdo.
0: Like pre-pandemic, I used to always shower in the morning. Like, all my life, I would always shower in the morning. And then, like, if I did, like, work out or something later in the day, I'd take a shower. However, over the pandemic, I kind of switched to where I wouldn't shower in the morning. And I would shower basically at night instead. And I've kind of adopted that now to where I I wash my face in the morning, but then I don't shower till later on.
1: I need to shower in the morning as well. I, I don't love to leave my house unless I, like showered and like presentable in a way so i like absolutely need to take a shower also it's curative like if i'm having a bad time or if i've had a hard day or whatever like something's gone wrong if i have if i take a shower like it'll just i don't know washes all my troubles
3: away i hear you i can't say that i'm necessarily presentable after (laughs) a (laughs) shower. i just feel better
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, that's being pre- that's part of it though. That's being presentable. That's how I get presentable, I guess. Exactly. Is I just to feel fresh and and I usually don't wash my hair um as much as you guys like maybe once or twice a week max, and because if I do like it, my hair will get like super dry and more frizzy. It's not happy. Um, but I have to take a shower
3: or I feel like a monster. Yeah. i know the feeling all right colton what questions you got for us today
0: so uh first question for today uh posted on reddit by user bookist 626 and the question is what's the current etiquette for tipping and they go on to say i'm sorry if this sounds dumb but i'm genuinely confused it used to be simple of what to tip barbers they get tipped eating at a sit-down restaurant tip the waiter Tip the taxi driver, simple, right? But now it seems everyone wants to be tipped. Fast food, pretzels at the food court, to-go meals, and I honestly don't know anymore. Where should I tip and where is it not needed? I don't want to be cheap or unfair, but what services am I expected to tip to to tip now? And I can say that I kind of second this question. I like it seems like everyone's asking me for a tip now and I don't even know anymore what like who am I supposed to tip? Am I supposed to tip everyone now? Number one, tip everybody. You cheapskate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, tip everybody. This is the funniest thing. There's a story about this that it just this just kicked into my memory from the last week. Uh, my dad hired a uh, lawn service to mow his lawn. And uh, an adult man came out and said, okay, I'll, you know, quoted him the price. Uh, and so the uh, he says, I'll come back, you know, tomorrow or whatever. And the guy never came, but my dad was just sitting in the chair. And all of a sudden he just sees like half of a head go by the window. And it turns out that. Uh this guy sent my this guy sent like uh, some 14-year-old kid with like a push mower or whatever to mow, <laughs> mow my dad's entire lawn which is like about 2 acres of mower. lawn and <laughs> oh my gosh. and uh and uh th- my my mom was like my mom felt so bad for him she's like the the price that the guy quoted them was $55 to do the whole thing and so I'm mm. like this kid is going to get like 20 bucks for push mowing Like all this, all this, uh, this like vast backyard and all this kind of stuff. And, um, so my mom was, my mom wanted to tip him and whatnot. Uh, but my dad is so cheap that he was like, there's no way I'm going to tip him. Like I got, I got the, we got the price from the guy and like, that's all we're going to pay. So, um, I think that if you have enough money to pay people to do stuff for you, you have enough money to pay people to extra to do stuff for you. So that's that's kind of what a tip is. So I always tip 20% and that's just what I feel is right. And that's, I call it good.
0: Does that kid not realize what opportunities are available to him right now?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Like, he may have been eight. He may have been. I said he was fourteen. I have no. <laughs> I have no idea. He, I was not there. I, I didn't. I had no idea. But my mom was giving him like bottles of water and like a cold towel and stuff, oh, like to, <laughs> to wipe the sweat off of his face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't disagree with like I tip people twenty percent typically too. I tip generally more when we're at restaurants, but. I think in some cases, I don't know. It's just that it's like something that wasn't common before, but now all of a sudden it is like um, a lot of times the best example I can give is like coffee shops. I feel like whenever we go to like a coffee shop and order a couple of coffees, like you go to pay and it turns a screen around to you and it's like suggested tip and it's like 20%, 25% and 30%. So it's like, you're getting just a black coffee. It's, that's what I get usually. And then you're tipping them 30%. It's just like a, it's like, oh, oh, there's 30% more to this. Um, and it's kind of like, a, it comes as a surprise sometimes. And I usually, when I'm mm-hmm. put in those situations, I usually tip something, but I, sometimes it's like, just kind of unexpected. And then I think the question it kind of brings up is like, well, do, like, what's the meaning of a tip? Because like when you're tipping a wait staff, that's like a tip for a service, but then you're saying ordering a coffee. I mean, I guess it's a service for them to get coffee for you, but it doesn't seem like on the level of like, a you know, a restaurant meal. Um,
1: it's also structured slightly different, like in, Typical restaurants, the wait staff is making a couple dollars an hour or whatever, or or at least when I was a server, this was the case where you would make maybe $2.35 an hour and the rest of your wage was supplemented. That's what it was
0: like when I was a server too.
1: Yeah. And it was was absolutely atrocious atrocious model to like pay employees. And I think that like that does need to change. That's another conversation though. But um, in other places, that's not the case. So, I don't know if like tipping everybody feels the same and to me so like maybe I'm just a curmudgeon and I don't I like to think that I'm quite generous. And I usually tip like my stylist gets more than 25% sometimes and like I like to tip people but I don't like feeling like there's this expectation of these tips when I go to like buy something at like the um I don't know like there's this like local bookstore that also has a coffee shop in it. And like their system is just like set up on one system, I guess. So I bought a book and then the thing to, to tip like comes up and I'm like, okay, no, like, and then I f- have to question like, does this make me a bad person? I feel guilty about it. And like, I'm not, I-, I don't like that at all. I don't like this expectation. Um And I also think that like this idea that... um you know customers are supplementing the the wages of the workers brings um it into like a bit muddier of a of a uh conversation i guess or debate and i don't like that cuz i think that we need to move away from that model of paying people rather than like increasing that so
0: yeah your pay will depend upon the partridge inage partridge of the um patron patronage <laughs> Part-
2: Partridge. Partridge. <laughs> partridges <laughs> partridges um,
0: anyways that's why i have you guys here to fix the words i can't say right <laughs> um but I, I kind of agree like it's like i don't want to bring tipping into more scenarios like i, I already i wish that they would just like just price the coffee whatever yeah. the like
1: pay your employees a livable wage (laughs) and fuck you for like making everyone feel like they have to tip like every person in the whole world like i think that's i don't like it so actually yeah i've it it's come out i'm against tipping (laughs) i'm a terrible person
2: i feel like there's a there's a range of of practicality, I think that you can. Yeah. There's like a scale of like at the one end you have like the eight year old kid who's pushing the push mower, like definitely right. who's making twenty bucks. Like, oh you, yeah, you guys have been to my parents' yeah. house, like they have yeah. a large yard, so it's like right. a lot to push. Plus, he had to then get out a uh, he then got out like a, a little weed whacker thing and was going around the trees apparently and like getting all the weeds and everything. So oh. he really did a a great job and did your
1: mom say bless this heart
2: (laughs) i don't think so i think that she said bless him generally
0: yeah i want more expensive coffee that's my solution
1: rather than tipping
0: yes i just wish they'd make the coffee more expensive
1: and pay the people more
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because you right. have no, to They would <laughs> pay people
0: more, you're correct. So they would just charge more for coffee. And yeah, that. and yeah. then they
1: would give their shareholders more. So like you have to make sure that it's going to like, and I guess, you know, in a, a direct tip, I guess the the idea would be that it's definitely going to the the workers. But then you have other scenarios where like with like Grubhub and like some of these like other services where people were tipping their th- they oh, thought right. they were tipping, yeah. you know, the delivery But some of percent. the tip cuts
0: would go to the company. That Correct. was That was insane.
3: Yeah. This is just like a fascinating topic because recently, I don't even know what, I, I think I must have scrolled past it on um, Instagram, but it was basically the history of tipping in the US.
0: And mm. it was
3: like considered to be very un-American to tip. And I, I pulled up an NPR article and it was talking, it just this is one phrase in the article and it says, um, figure out how tipping once deemed a cancer in the breast of democracy went from being considered wholly un-American to becoming a deeply American custom. So it's also originally when the U.S. was like started out as a country, it was not meant to have tipping. And then over time, it became a custom, which was tied to deep uh, European roots. But it was just, it's, it is, it has way more of a history than I think we think about it. But if you think about now, the current state, we use technology way more than we've ever had to use before. Mm -hmm. So it it is like a constant trigger of how much are you going to tip. And it's kind of the social pressure of having to answer right away instead of always just writing it down away from the person that has been giving you a tip or just putting money in a jar with whatever change you have. It's become much more of a hit a button and walk away experience. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that also forces us to tip more than we have in the past. But I definitely recommend going and looking up gratuity in Wikipedia. It breaks down every country and their custom for um, tipping. It has a whole section on the US and it goes down to like service charges, taxes, employee taxation responsibilities. Um, But it also talks about like, ride sharing had a huge thing around tipping and how they were going to approach Mm. that um so anyway if you are deeply interested it has all the different countries and you can learn all about it
1: interesting
3: as far as like my practice i definitely tip i tip more for um like a dinner or um like if somebody is delivering food to me, like actually driving yeah. me or, yeah. um, things like that, but I try not to like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know as far as the other, um, like coffee and stuff. I don't, I don't normally go get coffee. So what do I do? Right, um. Right, right. But also when I was getting married, tipping is a huge thing. Um, If you're hosting like a big event, like who, what vendors do you tip? What vendors do you not? What is considered um, like a must have? So you always tip your wait staff or the people serving your food or things like that. But for example, photographers, like that is completely optional. You do not need to tip and your photographer should tell you that because it's already embedded in the price or uh, DJs like. Some expect tips, some don't. Like, well, how do you approach that? So <laughs> I think that there's just a list of different types of vendors, too, that would tell you, yes, tip or no
2: tip. I will say that I I agree with the 80% majority of brides that wish that they had spent more on entertainment at their wedding. <laughs> Which was like, what
1: kind of entertainment? What do you mean? Like DJs or like,
2: well, this is what's that. That was the line for me that sold it on the, uh, for our DJ, for our wedding. (laughs) So we made sure we, you know, even though we paid him significantly less than this, we made sure we got the million dollar experience.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would just say for future brides out there, if you're ever looking out, um, how to tip there are some really great guides out there and don't feel like
2: you have to tip everyone because Sometimes yeah, sometimes true. you just got to give people the Benjamins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, book is 626. Um I hope uh it was interesting.
2: <laughs> always tip is the always tip is the answer because it's American. Right, always tip. It's am- always tip. It's, always
0: American. Tip. it's American.
2: It's American.
3: I say question it. (laughs) I agree with Lori. Don't feel like you always have to tip, but when you are getting a good service and they are working hard for you, you should tip them. Yeah.
0: All right, then. Our next question comes in from uh, user designer tier. And I'm going to summarize this because it's quite a long text block. They say, is it inappropriate to use terms like boyfriend or girlfriend in a work environment? Um, The poster is in their 20s and feels too young to use a term like partner, especially in a new relationship. And um, they always hear their older colleagues mentioning their spouses. Um, They are currently a student teacher and in a relationship, but it's relatively new. The poster goes on to say, I know the term partner is incredibly common and does signify a more serious relationship. But for some reason, I feel like I am too young to be using it, especially in a heterosexual relationship. I know people my age who use the term partner that are also in LGBTQIA+. And should I get over myself and use the term partner if I ever bring up my relationship is saying my boyfriend unprofessional.
3: From my opinion, I think that you should be able to feel free to call your person whatever you'd like to call them if that's their boyfriend if that's your girlfriend if that's a spouse if you prefer to use terms like partner um i feel like you should have the choice to be able to say and call your person whatever you want to call them or whatever makes sense for you um i don't think it's inappropriate to say boyfriend or girlfriend um Coming from an HR space, it's just dependent on how much you want to share with the the coworkers that you work with. Um, but I definitely think that you should be able to say whatever you want to say, call them whatever you'd like to call them. Um, and it it's it doesn't it shouldn't make a difference for those around you.
2: Unless it's the person themselves, as, as long as they like to be called what you're calling them. Yes. Then that's good. That's all good.
3: I thought, yeah, I feel like it depends on what they would like to be called, like um i I mean, I dated Josh for a very long time for like ten years, and I always called him my boyfriend at work, um, and then it just changed as well, oh, my fiance had changed into my husband, but I think that I did dabble with partner for a while, and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like how I would naturally address him and so whatever you feel natural to address um in your in your relationship I think that's the best way to go and do it without outing somebody I think is also a really important part
1: yeah and I think that like there's like it's not a question of being too young either I think that the poster is questioning whether or not like they feel that they're allowed to use a term because of their age. I don't think that that is necessarily something that they have to worry about. Um,
0: that means you're old enough now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like any term is going to work, but um, yeah, I, uh, me and Colton have been together for nine years now. Um, I got a Facebook notification to remind me of the time I met Colton. Um, and that was nine years ago. And, For most of our relationship, I called him my boyfriend, and as we got like more serious, and we like moved in together, bought a house together, and then got engaged. Like I don't know, fiance never felt like the right term for me to use. Um, It didn't like feel like it fit. So I don't know. I just kind of called him my life partner Um, because we didn't have a wedding date set, and like we were in that status for forever, and we like owned a home together and, like, had a life together, right? So we were, like, really, like, married in all of these other ways, but we didn't have that title. So, like, fiancé didn't seem, like, I guess the the same to me um, as that level of commitment that we had achieved. So for me, I felt like calling Colton my life partner at that time, like, felt right.
0: So I will say, when Jessica... <laughs> introduced me as her life partner i i kind of like i'm like wait I, like i feel like people are gonna think that this is like a lesbian relationship because i feel like that's where i've always heard that word used before so i thought it was interesting that um the designer tier brought that up in their post because i also kind of thought that was associated with that more because that's just where i've always heard it but i i thought it was i'm like that's great it sounds exciting they'll have no idea um but i i would yeah i use the term girlfriend all the time in work environments and i i think it's totally fine i don't i mean these people you know that you work with you say they're older and they have spouses but they're gonna they're not gonna think it's weird that you in your 20s have a girlfriend or i or a boyfriend like i don't think it i think at any age you can say have a boyfriend or a girlfriend it's not a uh I guess I don't think it's like a bad word. Um, And the other thing that was brought up in the post was that it's a newer relationship. So I I guess if it's like something, if it's a newer relationship, then you just don't bring it up at all, probably, if you don't want to. Um, But I don't think the term boyfriend or girlfriend is a problem at all.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like... I think you just have to do a little soul searching to feel like what is right for you. And it's also okay to change at any time. So if you feel like, you know, what, I tried using the term partner and it just didn't match for me. Like, I'm just going to go back to boyfriend or girlfriend or um, if there's something that makes more sense for you. I think the more terminology that we use, um, the more inclusive we make it. So whatever feels right for you go for
0: it maybe have a little fun with it too
3: (laughs) like what do you mean
0: um my
3: you can call jessica your queen yeah
0: there you go that's a good one think (laughs) of stuff like this like my best friend for life and just use different ones all the time you really want to keep them guessing (laughs) king Yeah, I mean just because it's work doesn't mean you can't have a little fun in your conversation. <laughs> just don't have too much fun because it's work.
3: <laughs> I, read do the think, room. I think the term partner is much um more generalized now. Like yeah. it's much more um it's it's much more inclusive because it can be non binary. It can be whoever you want it to be. Um but I also just say sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And it's, you got to be able to feel authentic and talk about your life and whichever way you want. And, um, yeah, I think it's important to just know what, what makes you and your partner or boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, spouse, husband, whatever you (laughs) want to call them, um, make sure that they maybe have a, a chat about that. I never have. Hey, Josh, what do you want to be called at my work? I never have had that conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am I like I'm a big fan of life partner. That's a good one.
3: Yeah, I think we used that
1: like earlier. Like I we've, we were using that for like years before we were married. So like um I don't know, it just like seemed like it fit cuz we had that what that felt like that level of commitment, but like it didn't fit into any other I guess like word boxes if that made sense It just like i don't know we did talk about it too at one point
0: yeah the best thing about once you get to the married state is all the my wife jokes you can make
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i still call you my boyfriend though
0: like i forget i don't think like nothing
1: changed really so it's just fiance
0: never really set in for me right like i i I rem- I do, like, wifi I remember, but, like, fiancé, I would always say girlfriend. And then I was like, oh, right, fiancé. So, uh, in summary, uh, <laughs> use the term boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you want, like Lori said.
3: <laughs> um, like I said. Best of luck. Have a fun time. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> yes,
0: send us in the best one you can come up with. All right. Our next question comes in from Reddit user... Zole Face Dreamer. And the question is, does anyone else have to sleep with a fan on? And they go on to say, it's been that way for years now. Even if I'm really cold, I still need to have my fan on as I like the noise.
1: Yep, 100%. I need my fan as well. I love my fan. I wish we had more fans.
0: I think one fan's good.
1: (laughs) I want like a ceiling fan. That would be ideal.
0: But a ceiling fan could fall on you and cut you in the night.
1: Okay, well, you just don't put the ceiling fan above your bed. Hey, remember that place we stayed in um, Tennessee that like that, like we stayed in this really nice like um, apartment and it had these this modern industrial decor and part of that was this enormous fan with these giant metal blades like right above the bed. Do you remember that?
0: I feel like I'd remember a death trap like that.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we turned the fan on one night and it like didn't sound stable and it like kind of was like shaking a bit. And
0: I think I do remember this.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, it just like. It didn't, didn't that make see- us turn it off? Yeah, we turned to, Yeah, so it was the one time in my life where there was an option to have a ceiling fan on, where I was like, mm, "But really, no, I can't do this right now because it like was super sketch. And it was very disappointing because I like really need a fan to sleep. Um, but yeah, not like an industrial propeller of a fan that will fall and chop chop me into pieces. Super scary.
0: Lori and Josh, do you guys use a fan when you sleep?
3: i do not have a preference for a fan or not a fan um i like we talked about last week i definitely need a blanket um Mm. but i don't tend to need a fan and i can sleep through anything so like the noise um like the white noise doesn't really make it easier for me to sleep or not um but I do have a lot of friends that do use fans and things like that for white noise, which is very helpful for them, but not for me.
0: Yeah, you need something to drown out the thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a super light sleeper, so, like, small noises will, like, wake me up instantly, and then, I don't know, I'm also crazy, so then I'll just, like, (laughs) start thinking about things, and then it'll be hard for me to go back to sleep, so the white noise of the fan, like, helps drown out some of those, like, small noises and helps me stay asleep, which is beneficial, and also, I don't like to be hot, and the fan helps with that um, circulating the air, so... It's just a win-win. Fans are the best. Gotta have it. Josh, what's your thoughts?
2: Oh, fans are definitely necessary, and and even more so necessary if you live in a hot climate. Mm-hmm. In some cases, if it's if you're in a hot or sticky climate, you're you might not be able to. You might you might really struggle to fall asleep at night and yeah. get good rest. And fan a fan just for me. I mean, it's just a lifesaver. It just helps. Helps calm down, um, just you know, helps helps me unwind as I fall asleep. So I'm on team fan all the way.
1: What about if you don't have a fan? Do you need the like? Do you use white noise generators at all? Anybody do that?
2: I've never used one of those.
3: I never have either. I have friends that use them all the time. I do too. I have one friend friend that
1: showed me like this YouTube channel that is just a fan and it has a picture of a box fan on it and it's got like hundreds of thousands of like plays because it's just like a box, a box fan on YouTube and I thought it was the most
3: hilarious thing.
0: You walk into the room you're like what's this iPad on the stand over here? Oh that's my fan.
3: <laughs> yeah. I also have a friend who uses Spotify for the white noise and um her her recap. You know how like the, yeah. you know how Spotify <laughs> does the recap? It's like all white noise. <laughs> Your number one song. Like relaxation
1: Damn, setting three. by the ocean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um have you guys ever heard of anything called um binaural beats? We heard that yeah no it's supposed
0: to like make you like you can like super focus if you listen to this track right now
1: okay yeah so for those that don't know what that is a binaural beat is like so you have like headphones in and um what it's doing is playing different frequencies in each ear and your brain is your brain waves supposedly tune to like the um cancellation of these two um different frequencies are coming in in each ear so you can like the idea is that you can tune your brain to like beta waves or theta waves or whatever type of brainwave you're trying to do for like relaxation or like studying or whatever. Like there's, this is a very simplified explanation, but like I used to use this to help me calm the fuck down and also to like study. It can like actually like help, um, me get into like a, a more focused, um, mind frame. Um, and I've tried to use it to like help get me tired um, and to kind of turn on, turn off some of those like thoughts um, and quiet down my brain, but I could never get it to work for like sleeping purposes. But like, I do know some people like really like swear by it. Um, and it, there's, you know, research that backs up its effectiveness in certain situations.
0: All right, thanks for the questions, Zolfay Streamer. And we'll be back after this short break. And welcome back to the podcast. We got a few more questions for you today. Our next question comes in from Reddit user teacher desco. And the question is, uh, is it normal to be driven by spite?
1: Great question. Yes, in a word.
0: All right. Done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> next question. I have no idea. Is it?
0: Lori, are you not have you ever been driven by spite before?
3: Yeah, but like, is it is it like Normal. a human nature?
0: Uh, yes. I feel like it is, right? I mean, yes. I th- I've been driven by spite.
3: Spite, Absolutely. a desire to hurt, annoy, or offend someone. Mm. That's the noun. Deliberately yeah. hurt or annoy or offend someone.
0: I mean, Verb. I'm not here to say it's like the greatest thing to do, but I can't say I've never been driven by spite before.
1: And I don't know if I've ever like really wanted to necessarily like when I'm when I'm feeling like I'm being spiteful. It's not to necessarily hurt somebody like um, I don't think that's usually my intention, but it's I guess the way I've always experienced spitefulness is to be like, oh, no, fuck you (laughs) like that type of thing. (laughs) That's usually my response.
3: I mean if it's based on annoying someone if you ever had siblings you definitely are, have a lot of driven for, you're driven by spite. I feel like I would always try to annoy my brothers or sisters. Um so maybe it is. Meant and maybe to be. for
1: me, yeah, maybe for me it's I'm conflating anger with spite and like the desire for revenge. Winning of some sort. That's like what I've come to view spite as.
0: I think it kind of comes down to how to what lengths are you going for spite? You know, is it like a minor thing that you're irritated and you do something kind of spiteful, or is it something where you're spending like months or years dedicated to something just out of spite? Now, I think if you are driven by spite to something that's like that long of a period like it to, it better be like a really good joke or <laughs> yeah. I can't say like you should spend all that time on your spite now if it's just like a minor spite that's like you know you could like I, I got like eight hours to deal with this you know then I could understand that kind of spitefulness um you know like uh what was there some something happened with a hacker where he was irritated so he like took down North Korea's entire internet
1: <laughs> that was
0: probably driven by spite right like i mean
1: you could make that argument that's one of the things yeah activism might be the other <laughs> um but the question's not like is it is spite good it's like is it normal to do things out of spite and i think the answer 100%. is i think it is a part of human nature yeah to feel like that
0: and it's like you don't feel clean maybe when you think about it after the fact but like you know you or were... sometimes you do
3: because they deserve it <laughs> Colton, I guarantee you you use spite all the time because I'm now Googling spite, and there's spite in game theory, which forces you to kind of play off of spite. (laughs) Like it it pulls it into some of the game theory behind how you do things. Interesting. A simple tip for tat strategy, they say.
0: (laughs) Ooh, a tip for tat. Okay. That makes sense.
3: I've rage quit jobs before,
1: like those. That's been like um drive by spite, especially in the service industry. One of my favorite things to do was <laughs> quit server jobs.
3: God, I hate, I hate restaurants.
1: But
0: is that is that <laughs> is that driven by spite? Well, I guess it would that's...
3: depend on if you want to leave and put them in the lurch.
0: Yeah, are you trying to hurt them? Are you trying to hurt? them?
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely.
1: Calling out on like a, a holiday weekend, I think I quit one job by doing that because they were fucking terrible nightmares to work for, and they deserved it. So yeah, I get. I'm finding out by answering this, I'm a spiteful person <laughs> 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 with my employers, maybe, but like, I don't know, not with, not in all situations. Just, but yeah.
0: do you ever want to be spiteful, but you don't have the time for it?
1: I, uh, yeah, like
0: a lot of times I see something or I deal with something, and it's like. An inconvenience to me where it's like, oh, I'm going to have to pay $30 for this. This is fucking bullshit. And I'm like, man, (laughs) if I had more time, I would like push this as far as I could just because I'm so annoyed. You want to teach them a lesson. So that's I guess that's completely would be driven by spite. But then I'm like, man, I don't have the time to deal with this or the
1: energy. Yeah.
0: So I guess I want to be more spiteful, but it does take a lot of time probably.
1: And it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, it's pro- it's like, it would be worth it just for the, like, the spitefulness, but I don't have the time to dedicate to it. So I guess, uh, does that make me like a quitter? I
3: feel like <laughs> you have spite, but you're not driven by it. Because if you were driven yeah. by it, then you would make the time.
0: Yeah, I guess spite's not profitable a lot of the time.
3: Like, I don't know if I really am driven by spite. I wouldn't say that I don't have it in the ways that I do things, but I wouldn't say like that's my end motivation. That's where I get a little stuck. Um, But I could say that I have been spiteful and I probably will be spiteful, but I don't know if it's necessarily um, the sole motivator for how I do things.
0: I have a really good story now that I'm thinking about it. A job I worked at previously Essentially, they promoted me to a higher position, but I effectively got paid less money.
1: But you had more work and more responsibility. Yeah.
0: And I I basically told them, like, I went and talked to my bosses and I was like, uh, do you guys know that I effectively make less money now? And they're like, well, yeah, I, I guess kind of that's how that would work out. I'm like, well, it's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> you know ever got to put your time in and i was so like infuriated i was at that point i was super spiteful about it i'm like i got to quit this fucking job so i i went and started looking for new jobs and i quit a couple months later and spite was like the spark i think that like drove me to do that like there mm. was other factors of like this is kind of a messed up situation but i think spite was a factor in that
3: interesting josh what is your thoughts on spite
0: yeah, I think that for me,
2: Spike can be a really powerful motivator, but at the same time, it can be difficult because um it can be difficult for me because it will it can be a very powerful motivator in the short term, but in the long term it's really easy to basically lose motivation for something. Uh, and so it's hard to kind of carry on through life with that as your intention towards something yeah. and it's very difficult and stressful on your body as well. Um I definitely understand kind of the comical sense of uh, kind of living. Maybe maybe this is the difference between spite and maybe let's say contempt because mm. I feel like spite is more directed whereas contempt is more kind of ignore I- ignoring something. Mm. Um okay and so I feel like spite is more so like contempt and spite are the same feelings, but spite has a direction, I think. Um, and so I think that, uh, I probably am more so in the camp of, uh, being driven by just contempt for, (laughs) for things and (laughs) wanting to just do better things because of how terrible something else is. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my thoughts on, on that one, but uh, it's a very open question. We interpret it interpreted a lot of ways.
3: Also in my um, research here, <laughs> I found that there is something called a spite house, which Ooh. is basically a building constructed um, or substantially modified to <laughs> irritate neighbors or any party with land stakes. So <laughs> people are literally building houses in the name of Spite. And there's also oh, wow. um, a Spite fence, which is a term used in property law in some countries to refer to an overly tall fence or a row of trees, <laughs> bushes, or hedges constructed or planted. Yeah, this is um, between the adjacent lots by a property owner. So basically, they're too tall of a fence to like block off the neighbors. So... I would say that spite is indeed something that could be dri- people are driven to use at certain times,
1: and it sounds like two extreme ends because, like, building a whole house or a fence, like that's a physical manifestation of your spite. That's quite to me. That's like quite extreme. Like I don't have any instances where I can imagine doing that. But maybe, I don't know, maybe if I'm mad enough and that's the only thing you can do. Is it a question of powerlessness then? If I feel powerless to do anything else and the only thing I can do to get my point across is to build a spite house, would I do it? I don't know.
3: I don't even really? know if it has to get to the point of nothing else. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like <laughs> I'm going to build this tall fence. so You can't look at me. I feel pe- like people do things like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like even yeah. because they don't even want to go and address the situation with their neighbor or whatever. Right. Um, it's like an easier out. I feel like spite is like an easier out, um, than like actually solving the real problem.
0: Hmm. This uh, whole idea of being driven by spite is much more complicated than I originally thought.
3: There's a, a research that showed that spitefulness was positively associated with aggression, psychopathy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> narcissism. That's what that, this was my this was my thought. Positively basically...
0: associated. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, 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 hey. <laughs>
1: this is quite telling of us yeah, yeah, I feel
0: like I've been outed
1: I know we're the most people in the room here
2: <laughs> it's, basically, if it's basically the more calculating you are the more you are likely to be able to maintain that spite for something over a long period of time right um I feel like for me, it's just not a good motivator. I wouldn't recommend to myself to try to use spite as a motivator, but I'll keep trying anyways. <laughs>
0: I don't I don't think I hold on to the spite for like a long time, no, it only comes, with a few things. It's like well, a
1: flash and then it's gone. Well, if yeah. it
2: leads to something positive, like you said, Colton, where you really felt, um, uh, what uh, you really felt, you really felt, I don't know what the right word is for Slighted? Slighted, yeah. Yeah, And so then you set yourself upon the task of out of out of spite to to get out or, you know, but was it spite or were you really just action oriented?
0: I, I don't even know anymore. I would have said it was spite, but now you've made me question that because
2: I think spite is more more negatively like, you know, just towards anything. Mm hmm. It could be a reaction towards something. It could be uh, how you develop a lot of hate towards something like your employer or whatever. Mm -hmm.
3: I think in general, people do have spite as one of the pieces into how they um, solve problems. And I think it's completely normal that people can be driven by spite. Just be aware of, uh, have some self-awareness. If that's really motivating you, you might need to make
0: a change. All right. thank you for your question, Teachers Desco. Our next question comes in from user NeighborhoodFit4555. The question is, my mom cringes when I kiss my cat on his forehead because of the fur. Do other people kiss their pets or am I a freak?
1: (laughs) Not a freak. I kiss my pets all the time. They're little babies and I love them.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't kiss my pets, but... (laughs) I give just them. Like a little. No, I give them. You give them cat kisses where you touch your nose to their nose.
1: Little kisses. And little cat kisses. also,
0: we have one cat that likes to ram her her like whole head into <laughs> you. So I'll just be <laughs> just laying in bed and she just comes up and rams her whole head right into like my beard. Or sometimes, like I've been talking one time and she like rammed her head like into my mouth because <laughs> she, <laughs> she's trying to get attention.
1: So then that's the cat kissing you. I guess so. Rather than the other way around.
0: Yeah. Me so every once in a while try to lick me in the face to say hi.
1: Yeah, I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah. But i give them a little, like, kiss on the forehead, just like they said in the question. Like, absolutely. Just like a little one. I don't think it's gross. I think it's cute and affectionate, and I love them.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say you're a freak. Um, Laurie? Laurie, do <laughs> you think she's a freak?
3: No comment. <laughs> just kidding. I am personally not an animal kisser. I find it weird. I it just... But I'm not they're really an animal person freak. to begin with. So... <laughs> I, I don't think they're a freak. I just personally don't like it. I would not like to kiss an animal it just does not bring me joy uh but you do you man Uh, that's all in your you get to choose that it's just personally no thank you
2: i think that's fair
0: josh are you a are you a cat kisser i i
2: i just yeah sometimes you just over overcome (laughs) by my love for cats and you just can't help but can't help myself so
0: i know some people are like bothered by animals close to like their face but it's never really bothered me the world's kind of just a dirty place so yeah what are you gonna do
3: what are you gonna do
1: i like to snuggle with my creatures
3: i will say i feel like if i owned an animal and they were my animal and i was like best friends with this animal (laughs) maybe that's a different story i just have never owned a cat ever Here's what's going to happen, Lori. You guys are going
1: to get a cat, or Josh is going to get a cat, and the cat's going to hate Josh, but it's going to be obsessed with you and like force you to love it. That's what always happens with cats.
3: I know. I'm already (laughs) mentally trying to prepare for this. And then it's
1: going to snuggle on you, and you're going to be overwhelmed with how cute it is. It's going to melt your little heart.
0: And then when you get one cat, you have to get two cats. Yeah, they come in pairs. Uh Oh, no, no, no. You need two. You gotta have two. No, no. No,
1: you can start with one, but just, you know.
0: Be ready for the second one because you gotta have two.
1: They come in pairs. And then you have double kisses. (laughs) Speak for yourself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the user's totally normal, though. Yeah. Everybody, all, most people do kiss their cats.
0: Yeah, the general response on Reddit seems to be that exact same thing
1: Your mom is wrong. Kiss your cat.
0: All right. Thanks for your question, uh, neighborhood fit four five five five. Our last question for the day is: Does someone's music taste tell you anything about their personality or who they are as a person? And it probably doesn't tell you everything about a person. I don't know how good of friends Laurie and I would be if I just based everything off someone's music taste.
3: Ouch! <laughs> <Even> <laughs> <ain't me. laughs>
2: yeah yeah same same for me going to you colton
3: <laughs> it's a good question because i feel like we tell ourselves that it matters but does it really does it I really it
1: does i think like for me like it's been a way to i don't know like When I was dating, for example, it was, like, a way to filter people out. If they had, like, bad taste in music, that would be, like, a pass. um, It Sounds arbitrary, but I feel like if you have, like, a common, like, sense of, um, like, musical taste, like, you have – that's a layer of some things that you have in common. So, like – and I happen to love music. So, somebody that could share that, like, interest for me, that was really important. Um, And, you know, I felt like, in a way – I was inferring things about their personality based on their musical taste, but it doesn't all, it's not going to like Colton said, it doesn't tell you everything, but I feel like it can give you a sense of somebody's taste. And like, I think that that is a useful and important data point, I guess. Um,
0: I mean, if it's somebody you didn't like already, you can definitely just use that as another reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I think like, for example, like one of the first things I talked to Colton about was music. And we had like a, you know, a common love of like the same type of music. And it was like an instant connection, like based on that, like love of like, you know, genres of electronic music and things like um centered around that. And it made me want to know him more. So I think I definitely like base some of that in- the inferences into his personality on his musical taste
0: so if somebody like looks at their own music taste and is like you know nobody's gonna think this music taste is cool should they then um do they need to like kind of work to like different music
3: <laughs> oh that's sad no, Colton. <laughs> we support all like
0: what well, you say- like that's the i'm thing. not saying for
1: me be honest about it. Like, if you were curating your like list of favorite bands, that would be disingenuous.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like there's uh connotations with certain types of music, so it, sometimes you'd feel embarrassed to say like, "Oh, yeah, I'm a big Michael Bublé fan."
1: Who is Michael Bublé?
0: Um,
3: no, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I I think that honestly, I'm not the biggest music listener, which is weird to say. I've just, I will listen to it in like some of the like dead spaces, like a car or things like that. But I'm not the one that you would find just listening to music as my wind down.
1: But Lori, um, you know, you know I all do the songs th- though. And it's so charming.
3: Like, you know, <laughs> I you don't know all, all the, the songs. songs. <laughs> but I will say that I think there are certain genres that will bring you closer to other people because you have that commonality. However, I don't think it's your the only thing that would describe who you Agree. are, and also, I think like you can like a lot of different types of music, so maybe like your like younger self liked a certain type of music and then you learned something and you grew and you explored, so I feel like it's not as um. Form-fitting as like when your personality is kind of being developed, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that changes over time with where you're at in your life, what you're looking for, what what's the mood you're feeling. Like I think it's a much more fluid experience.
0: Maybe it's not a way to solely define someone, but I wonder if can you tell anything about somebody's personality from types of music they listen to? And I do think. You could make some estimations.
1: I think so too.
0: And not that those have to be true for sure, but somebody who listens to, <laughs> you know, um,
1: <laughs> you're about to what you yeah, trying to say? T- Trying to talk trash about genre no? I'm
0: right not now. trying to talk trash about <laughs> genres. <laughs> if somebody listens to. Nickelback
3: I knew that was going to come up
0: that person it's like oh you listen to Nickelback like either one they're really brave for saying that or (laughs) two they're just completely unaware and they just or maybe
1: they are aware and they're like you know saying it ironically and they have a great sense of humor which is an inference you can make about their personality
0: right there you go (laughs) yeah that's
2: great
1: so I think it does. Yes. So I think as we're talking about this, I feel like it can. Yeah. Like if it somebody listens can. to
0: metal music, you can assume they don't like anything you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: true. Untrue.
2: Pretty much. I feel like um, personality is, it can be, that can be, um, personality can be more various in terms of how it relates to music but one thing that i feel is a strong factor that is associated with music is place and like place of origin and like the you know part of it is just that we're only exposed to certain kinds of music or like we're, we're only exposed to so much music within our limited place where we grow up and it's more and more you know international and whatnot now but there's Um, there's just really big distinctions too, right? Between like regional music and music that's very international or uh, what have you, and, and speaks to different types of audiences. So I think that there definitely is something to be said for the connection between like music and personality that spans cultures and places. But I also feel like place can be a really big um, identifier for people in music.
0: Well, That is all the questions we have for today. Uh, Send us your thoughts or questions to our email at nostupidanswerspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at N-O-S-A underscore podcast. Uh, Subscribe to us wherever your podcast. If you like what we're doing, rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice. And uh, we'll see you next time.
3: Bye, all.